Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edit Your Life. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Today's topic is serendipity space, and you may be wondering what this is. It's a term that we used in minimalist parenting, and Asha, I'm going to hand it over to you to describe serendipity space, or define it rather, since you are the brilliant person who coined that phrase in the book. (laughs) I love coining phrases. Uh, Well, serendipity space has always been important in my family because uh, we need time in between activities to sort of mellow out and calm down. And I came to find that actually building empty spaces, padding each of the activities in our schedule with time um, added a measure of calm to our days that we really came to rely on. Uh, And so serendipity space is just the notion of time padding. Um, building emptiness around uh, schedule like activities in your schedule or after school um, after school events so that there's just time and breathing space, even 15 minutes, you know, time for the red light not to change on time, time for somebody to lose their shoe and it won't make everybody late. Time for everyone to just have a moment of transition between events or activities. Uh, I have to say that one change in the way we schedule uh, made such a huge difference for us. It just really lowered the anxiety. It also made impromptu, those impromptu moments that come up more possible because it's not like we were going back to back to back between, between scheduled items. So that's, that's what serendipity space is. It's a very simple idea, but yet it's sometimes hard to build into your busy life. Definitely. And I, I also find, we'll get to this later, but I find that the concept of serendipity space applies to work things as well as social things. And so, you know, the catalyst for us devoting an episode to this concept really came, came about uh, because um, I I had a weekend. So we've had a very busy summer. I don't know kind of what happened. I think it has felt like a short summer because we started school so or started summer so late. And then between John teaching classes a couple weekends and then some periodic travel, it's just been very more more scheduled than we would like. So we happened to have an open weekend the other weekend. And John and I just said, let's not let's not plan anything. (laughs) Let's just leave it totally open and um, not just not do anything. So it was so great because 
I had my friend Jane Maynard, who I, I think you you also know and are friends with. She is a lovely food blogger at This Week for Dinner, and she's also a fellow One Girls and Women advocate. And so she texted me. She lives in California, and she texted me and said, "Hey, I'm I'm on the Cape, and I'm going to be doing a run to Logan Airport. <laughs> are you around?" and I could actually say yes because oh, I, I had that great time feeling. and I was there. It was so, and I was so excited. And so, anyway, we were thinking about this. Asha, you and I were talking about this um, concept of serendipity space for an episode because I had actually posted a photo on Instagram and been like, oh my gosh, because we had serendipity space, we could get together. You know, we weren't booked out every minute of the day. So it was just so great and just so lovely. I mean, how often does somebody from the other side of the country just, kind of drop it on you and you can say, yes, you know, we could do that. It was great. And, you know, not only that, it just, it feels so good to be able to say yes, not just because you get to see this person, but because you just like, you get to allow this completely unplanned wonderfulness into your life. I don't know. There's something, there's a bigger energy at work there. It feels good. It does. It absolutely does. It really, really does. Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Well, I, so I think the idea of serendipity space is straightforward enough, but it's not particularly helpful to say, so just add serendipity space to your life. <laughs> because it's we, we're all very busy, and I think Sometimes we feel uh, really pressured to fill that calendar or sometimes we feel we don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just talk about some practical 
ways to add serendipity space to our life. So maybe you want to start, Christine. Sure, sure. So I will rather uncharacteristically, you know, Asha, you and I talk about how you're the big picture person, not you're the, <laughs> the, the top down thinker and I'm the bottom up thinker. If we shall reference cognitive Bottoms. psychology. <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, I, I will very uncharacteristically start with more of a big picture idea. And it's probably related to the fact that I do design work for part of my living, but it's to recommend that people apply the concept of negative space to their time. So very simply in design, negative space is that empty space that surrounds an object. And it's actually just as important as the object itself. You know, it helps define the subject. It helps balance the picture. And the same goes for time. So, you know, like you were saying, kind of in the beginning, shoot for ample negative space, both to give you room to actually enjoy what is in your calendar and then also to leave op opportunity for serendipitous events. Mm, that's very deep. Isn't like, it? Here I graphic am. Graphic design zen. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Actually, uh, no, I love that. I That that, that whole <clears throat> notion of negative space comes to me in, in the garden. I am not in any way a graphic designer, but in the garden, I think about that. And so that's, that's what that's bringing up for me. Anyway, tangent. <laughs> I love your well, tangents. Keep going. Oh, you know, it's uh, we could have an entire podcast of tangents and <laughs> tangents and outtakes. <laughs> who knows where we would end up? Well, very characteristically, I also have a big picture one. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to talk for a second about how to. Well, the notion of negative space is that there are spaces fulfilled with nothing, basically. But I think the problem for many of us, I know for me sometimes is that when I look at my schedule, I think, well, what could I possibly cut? Because I have to do all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so identifying what stays and what goes can be tricky and a little bit fraught. And so we actually came up with a tool uh, when we wrote Minimalist Parenting called the More and Less List. And we've talked about it a little bit in a, in a previous episode already. I think it helps to write out the things in your the specific things in your schedule that you would like more of and the things that you would like less of just to literally start from there. It may not be realistic when you first write out this list because obviously we have to do things that we don't like doing. I'm not advocating that we just sort of go by enjoyment only, but there are things that we can reduce in our schedule or delegate. And I think that gives us a place to start looking for spare for serendipity space. So the first thing is to just get clear in your life about what you'd like more of and what you'd like less of in a very straightforward list format. I mm -hmm. think that would really help. There's something very, I, after, you know, you influenced me to create one of these lists and <laughs> you influencer you, uh -huh. and there's something very powerful about putting it down on paper and uh -huh. really kind of articulating it um, in a way that makes you think, okay, and also I should say shutting off the inner critic, just like kind of letting the ideas fly and then seeing it on paper, it makes it feel like, okay, now how do I get, I, I see these things in front of me, these are my targets, now how do I get to them? I, I, I really like the tangible nature of it. I do too, and I think there's something a little more subtle that's happening, which is that we have to give ourselves permission to even take charge of our schedule. Mm -hmm. I know, I know many of us, feel, you know, there are many obligations in life. And I think sometimes we don't feel like we have the right to actually 
make big decisions about our time. You know, mm-hmm. we we're taking care of people, whether, you know, it's little people or people at work or whatever. And uh, the notion of sort of taking charge of our own time can feel a little selfish. And I'm not really sure where that comes from, but it, it's there. At least it's there for me sometimes. And writing it down on paper and sort of just applying words to thoughts really helps break that down for me. Yes, absolutely. And that is the perfect segue, <laughs> as usual, to, um, you know, the next tip, which is about calendars. And and actually, I think you, I thought you coined this phrase, and then you told me I coined this phrase. So, hey, this I bumps think, all around. I was um, going to say. <laughs> but the, the tip is to evaluate and experiment with your calendar, what we, using what we called in the book, uh, the Goldilocks approach to calendar management. Mm-hmm. So basically, the idea is to, uh, you know, evaluate each week and kind of see, you know, what's on your schedule or or look back on your schedule, too. You can look at look at and collect data and, you know, count how many events felt like too much, you know, how much felt like too little, because that's also possible. I, we, we find in our in our calendar that sometimes we do need to have a few pegs on there just to kind of keep things, keep our feet moving in one direction or or to break up the rhythm. And then what felt just right? And then, you know, not every week is going to be perfect. But once you kind of know, for example, how many evenings out a week seems right or how many activities on a weekend feels right, every week is not going to be perfect. But you can at least use that as a metric to shoot for moving forward. Right. Actually having a number, mm-hmm. a number of events. I think that's that really helps because especially when uh, in my family, I have a much higher social tolerance than my husband does. And so I think the other thing about having a number and using that Goldilocks approach is it really gives you a way to talk to your partner or the people that you're plan, you know, that you're living your life with gives you a way to talk to them about what happens. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the topic for another episode might be introverts and extroverts in the same family. Oh my goodness. I'm (laughs) writing that down right now. Right. We have, (laughs) In my family, we have two extroverts and two introverts. And so it's taken a long time to understand how to uh, be social as a family and to also and to make sure that everyone gets their needs met. Sometimes mm-hmm. that means one person going out by themselves because they need more social time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's a topic for another for another episode. So interesting. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so what's your, your next tip, Asha? I know you have one. Well, it actually is to think about, believe it or not, uh, think about serendipity space on vacation. I think this has just come up for me because we did quite a lot of travel this summer. Actually, one of the biggest trips I've ever taken. My husband and daughter and I were gone for an entire month while my son was at summer camp, by the way, which was revolutionary. Huge, huge. Yes, yes, huge. So anyway, we we spent about a month traveling some portion of that time in Greece, some portion of that time in New York. It was very exciting. Greece but, looked just like the pits, by the way. Horrible. Yeah. Well, Awful. folks, Ugly. if you're following me on Instagram, <laughs> I'm Asha Dornfest on Instagram. You can see some pretty. Oh, my goodness. Uh, boss Greece pictures. It was an incredible, <laughs> incredible trip. And even more incredible, we were there for the wedding of some dear friends. So anyway, back to my tip. <laughs> uh, building some do nothing time into your travels seems to create some sort of magic. I think it just lets Mm -hmm. everyone breathe easily. And 
you know, I'm the person who's just like, let's go, let's go and let's go see this and let's go see that. But I have to say, I'm also the person during travels who likes to figure out what I'm doing based on what's literally on the next block. So that's sort of how I determine how I navigate a city is, oh, that looks interesting. That looks interesting. So there's definitely a piece of serendipity built into that. Mm -hmm. But the point is that when there is do nothing time built into travel, at least for me, those seem to be the times when the best conversations happen. I mean, like life changing conversations seem to happen with my husband rail when we just have nothing going on and we're traveling. It's just amazing. Like it's, you're away from the day to day of home. You're away from everything that's familiar. And it just seems to allow these dreams and ideas to come that you just don't talk about mm-hmm. when you're at home. So anyway, it's a, that's a plug for do nothing days on vacation, sort of the, the recreational version of serendipity space. That's awesome. I'm going to try yeah. that next week. <laughs> Definitely try it. It's, it's great for kids too, because let's face it, kids just need time to sort of veg out and, uh, you know, in between all of those activities really helps. Absolutely. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, so my my last tip on this topic is actually to uh, circling back to what I something I mentioned earlier is to bring the concept of serendipity space to work. You know, we've talked about it uh, mostly from a, you know, 
calendar perspective at home, you know, with the family or on vacation, all of which are super, super important, especially, you know, the more kids you have, the the more complicated things get. Mm-hmm. But I have found, so I do a lot of different things for work and, you know, you and I both get tons and tons and tons of pitches about things. And um, as a freelancer, it's, it's very tempting to say yes to everything <laughs> just and and that's kind of how it felt at the beginning you know when i started this nine years ago just because you're you're just trying to build build your little empire right oh yeah mm-hmm. so you know but luckily thanks to a lot of good things happening and you know a lot of a lot of hard work on my part too i've now learned to, to be just really super selective about projects and and I've learned, you know, from experience how saying no to something that you're not that excited about, even even if there's a decent offer behind it, um, leaves you open to say something that you're really excited about and is potentially even better, you know, in, in many different ways. I've had this happen time and again. And like we talked about in a previous episode on, um, you know, kind of trusting your instincts, it's anytime I kind of ride against those those instincts and go with something I'm kind of mad about, I... Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't work out that great or the energy isn't that great. It doesn't feel that good. So I view actually each email request I say no to, you know, in something that I'm not excited about as a, pre- a precious degree of freedom and an opportunity for something to open up in the future. Well, this is something that I just watching you go through this process of, as we've worked together and known each other for all of these years. That's just been inspiring to me i find oh it's true i I think there is something very tangible about what you're saying in that yes when you say no to something you're you're leaving space for something better to come along but i think there is a little attitude piece to that as well um which is that um I, i just see you do this each time you're sort of valuing valuing your time but also noting that whatever you're saying no to there's probably a better opportunity for somebody else there Mm -hmm. there is a certain i don't know there's a there's a certain um appreciation that you bring to that particular um editing in your life that i i don't know just super inspiring to me i learned oh that's really sweet i should Uh, 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 (laughs) oh asha i should say too that um and you know perhaps this is another uh, again another topic for a different podcast but I also find that um, because you you just reminded me of it a second ago, that when there's something that's not a great fit for me, um, if I think of somebody who would be a perfect fit, I always like to refer that forward, you know, just because I just it just it just feels good to kind of spread that that good karma around. So I recommend that people do that. Right. I think that's I think that's so important. And that's a huge piece of, you know, the tip that we were talking about earlier about creating that more and less list that just because something uh, might not be right for your schedule, it doesn't mean that it's not a worthwhile activity or mm-hmm. something important mm-hmm. or good. It, it just might not be right for you. And it might not be right for you at this particular time. It might be right later. So it's it's not about judging what's good and bad. It's about valuing your own instincts enough to be able to decide what's worth time in your schedule and what isn't. Absolutely. Now, yes. speaking of that, yes, let's move I on. Let's so. move on and um, to your next edit, Asha. What is your next edit this week? My next edit is very tangible, and it is a little bit of a challenge to you. It is to block off one empty thirty-minute appointment in your calendar next week. 
empty 30 minutes of nothing. And I, I really want people to just have a chance to experience what this can be like. Mm. I don't want you to plan how to fill it. I just want you to see what comes up. And, you know, nothing may come up. And if nothing comes up at all, then you can use that 30 minutes to take care of yourself or fill it with some important but non-urgent thing you've been meaning to do, but you just never seem to have the time. Or you can just experiment with what happens when you have no plans. I think uh, it's just it's just a good practice to get into. And I'm not asking you to commit to doing this for the rest of your life. I'm just suggesting that you try it once next week and see how it feels and see what happens. I love that idea. I'm totally going to do it. <laughs> do it. I would, I, I, I just, magic can happen when there's space for it. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So my, your next edit, it's funny. I feel like we're kind of switching places a little bit and you're going tangible and I'm going a little big picture this episode. This is, this is I very, like it. yeah, this is, we're this stretching. Is, yeah, we're stretching. I'm growing. I just growed. Grew? <laughs> you growed? <laughs> I grew. I don't know. I think I need more coffee. Anyway. Okay. My, your next edit is to say no to something you're meh about to leave room for something you're yay about. <laughs> I'm picturing unicorns somewhere in the background. Totally. Of your head right now. Totally. Actually, you know what I love about my infatuation with unicorns is that now when people see unicorns out in the world, they send me pictures like Vicki Mason, my friend Vicki Mason. She's a fellow blogger. Today, she just posted something on my Facebook saying, I saw this unicorn shirt at Target. You need to have it. <laughs> I saw a picture of a unicorn with a mustache. No, it wasn't even a picture. It was literally like travel tissues with a unicorn and a mustache. Why this item has ever produced, I don't know, but I almost bought it and sent it to you. Oh, I just, I, I love it. I love it. It's, I just feel so loved. All the unicorn yes. love. It's so wonderful. <laughs> well, anyway, your next edit. It's, it's fabulous. And it's, um, it's right. I, it's, it's exactly what we are wanting people to do this is the this is our big goal no to meh yes to yay yes <laughs> well so listen folks we really want to we we are serious in that we want to hear what you've done with your serendipity space were you able to actually block out this 30 minute appointment with yourself or even a five minute appointment what meh thing did you cut so that you could leave room for yay we want to hear about it so we hope you'll post it on your favorite social profile, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and use the Edit Your Life Show hashtag, and we will look for it. And we will give you a virtual fist bump when we yes, see we it. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will. You'll hear from us. You will. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And as always, we really want to hear from you. Uh, you can use that Edit Your Life Show hashtag. You can always post on our Facebook page at Facebook slash Edit Your Life Show. Or you can email us, edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes, we would we would not be averse to that. We would be so <laughs> grateful if you would let the world know about Edit Your Life because we're really excited about it. And we hope you are, too.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.